Confessions. Um, this podcast is just a human conversation about all the skincare science we talk about. And today, our episode topic is all about chemical exfoliants. You know, the thing that we have a whole line of products for, the thing we talk about often, but apparently never dedicate an episode for. We're so good. So good at this, guys. Um, but yeah, uh, I guess before we get into all that, uh, Gloria, what are we drinking today? So recently, I went to Whole Foods. And there was a sale of all the pre-made alcohol. So I had to buy two bottles of Old Fashions for Victoria because it's festive today. Yes. So cheers. cheers. It is strong. And also, before we dive into the episode, I just want to apologize. It doesn't get better <laughs> over time. <laughs> I'm waiting for the ice to melt. It doesn't get better. Maybe by the time we get a fun animal corner, yeah, it's going to grow well, on you. It'll be real good. All right. Yeah. Sorry. Anyway, I was going to say, I lost my voice a couple of weeks ago, but mm. since then, we haven't been able to catch a break. Yeah. So if I pause, I'm a little scratchy, bear with me. We've actually been running around a lot yeah. before this episode. We actually went to New York. We even went to Boston. There are finally a couple trade shows we can attend. Yep. Um, it's actually really nice finally seeing other humans. Um, we've run into a people a few people that actually follow us um that even commented they enjoy hearing about animal fun facts so mm. we're definitely keeping those next year and bringing those back again um but yeah otherwise it's been pretty busy trying to finish off the year um so since we're on the subject might as well get into a brand update brand update honey yeah first things first um while I was uh, trying to fix up the last episode, I noticed a cool stat about this podcast. We've actually reached over 100,000 downloads. Holy moly. That's a lot of people listening to our non-radio voices. I, you know, <laughs> actually, that comment really, I found that so humorous. Because when they said that, I'm like, oh, no, sure, sure. Laura's referring to some of the reviews we've gotten on our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and it's very fair. This was, I mean, honestly, for us, the podcast was really more of an outlet. Yeah, for just us. to keep it casual, have a fun conversation. Yeah. We're realizing that on Instagram, we have to be, we're a little bit more buttoned up yeah. in the way we write. So yeah. the podcast is a great way for us to just like keep it intimate. Exactly. Talk to you guys. And we find it to be a much more uh, a nicer format for us to touch on more difficult yeah. subjects. Um, There's only yeah. so much you can write in this little caption with yeah. a little image. So, yeah. so yeah. the person called us out for not having radio voices. Thank you. <laughs> We're doing our best. Yeah. <laughs> I can't do anything about this, guys. Sorry. <laughs> All right. Um, on top of that, uh, for those of you who might have noticed, we've been out of stock on a few of our products. Um, we have finally ah! hit our pain in the no. supply chain, um, in some of our supply chain issues. Um, rest assured, we are on it. Um, we are definitely working on at least hoping to get Aquafix back in stock before the year ends. Um, Mr. Reliable is, we will have an update for you definitely early January. Um, and yeah, it's just 
the pain of everything right now. <laughs> really is, and then we're so sorry that it happened right around the holiday season. Yeah, we were expected yeah. both good and bad issues. So yeah, for sure. But thanks yeah. to everyone for the support. Yeah. So that's it for the brand news, and now we want to share some nice words from our very supportive followers. Yeah, so we're going to keep it short because we got a lot to talk about today. Um, just want to share one uh, review we've gotten about the specialist. Um, they gave us five stars. Um, the title is called Amazing, and it reads, Love this treatment. Despite being a high percentage chemical exfoliant, the formulation is so gentle on the skin. I use it once or twice a week mixed in with my cream, and the next day my skin is so smooth and glowy. Yes. My go-to will always be the specialist for my acne, but this treatment is the perfect addition for dead skin removal. Highly recommend. Yay! Yay. Hooray! Yep, and that's the idea is for people to get comfortable with these exfoliants and know which percentage works best for them and, Mm. you know, without hurting yourselves, like kind of push for that higher level and more efficacy. For sure. Um, Also, I forgot, we should probably also talk about our recent drama on Instagram. Yeah, so um, <clears throat> Dr. Dab and Lim, this account that also talks a lot about, he, he's a dermatologist based in Australia. His account has a lot of skin science content. Um, three years ago, so we have, we have, <clears throat> we have this blog post on how to combine actives like a yeah. pro. It's a fan favorite. And we came up with the doodle. So the idea was actually when we were brainstorming, we were talking about, you know, these active ingredients in relationship is kind of like a telenovela. It's a little dramatic. Yeah. You can talk about who gets along with whom. We were thinking of like Cosmopolitan or mm-hmm. like Seventeen Magazine when they talk, they give you a little diagram of like what's meant to be, what's not, you know. Yeah. yeah. So we came up with the diagram here. Um, Victoria had her signature doodles on this diagram Mm -hmm. and it was a very well-loved graphic so three years ago this doctor took our content without permission posted on his account and even wrote his own name on the right hand corner and we reached out to him like but left our logo oh left our logo very odd and not our name but our logo i guess they they didn't know what that was (laughs) we're lazy all around (laughs) so at that time we messaged him we were like hey listen people repost all the time we're cool with it but like Give credit, credit where it's due. And we kind of don't appreciate you putting your own name on our work. <laughs> that fell on deaf ears. He ignored us. La-di-da. It kind of blew over. We didn't really pursue it further no. at the time. Because, um, you know, being with us for some time, you know, that we don't really like dabbling, like, internet drama. It be what it be. Fast forward to <laughs> earlier this week. And it is early December when we were recording. Um, we see our friend sending us this Post by yeah. Dr. Davin Lim again. It's the exact same post, except they, they ch- changed out the symbol, so it's no longer the doodles that we make. Mm-hmm. It's his own. I don't even know graphic, but all the same wording, all the same layout. No effort in actually changing all the wording out, and again, no credit to us. Yeah, um, we actually didn't know. Uh, we had our followers start honestly calling him out on it and flagging it to us and that's how yeah we decided we're like first time i mean whatever second time you blatantly don't care you know you blatantly have no respect for other people's work took the time to change a graphic kept every word literally it's like a giant middle finger to like yeah yeah so we decided to shame him we Mm -hmm. shared our story on our story and um 
also i think even though as infuriating as that aspect is for me i was so amazed by all the people that called him out on this and it was I, I will I actually recorded a video of like his the post and then mm. all the comments below just like shaming him honestly just asking credit to chemist confessions saying hey I'd appreciate if you you know not plagiarize and like please credit you know the two chemists you know and I you know as much as like it is really upsetting that people do this so blatantly and have no disregard for other people's work and time and effort spent creating this stuff um so amazed um if you ever lose faith in the internet please like go watch this video of people just like hey they are standing up for what they believe in and what's not you know this isn't right so yeah, yeah. and as of recording we we did report the post to instagram mm-hmm. and instagram took down the post <laughs> we received um what I'm going to call half-ass apology from <laughs> the account. Gloria was not pleased. Oh, no, no. I really hated it. It Basi- was very fair. <laughs> basically, some lady email uh, messaged us, DM'd us, saying that she is so sorry. It is not the doctor's fault. It is, like, her, like, her, his his content creator person, social media manager, was the one that recreated our very amazing, amazing um, graphic. Yeah. So sorry means no offense. But to me, I'm like, first of all, as the account owner, even if you didn't direct like your content creator to do this, you're responsible. Mm-hmm. Man up and give an apology yourself and not push out your intern or your like employee to take the heat. And secondly, yeah. like anyone should know that like we are more than willing to share these yeah. information. That's why we do this. Just ask, you know, yeah. like to do this and acting very like like the way they phrase it like oopsie yeah like oh no like oh i didn't know you would take it this way kind of like i'm sorry that you were offended no man it's wrong in whichever culture so like it is what it is and i and like i don't i didn't really acknowledge the apology when i saw it i was like you know just i'm gonna walk away from this we waste enough time on it as victoria said the takeaway is just really appreciate all of our followers for standing up for yeah. us and we're moving on we're i was just, just gonna say yeah and i mean to be fair i i wouldn't expect accept his apology either mm-hmm. because um we actually tried reaching out nicely um the first time around mm-hmm. um we already told him hey like looking to hear from you and give us credit and that was on the first post already and it really wasn't until there was this amount of you know messaging and commenting that was happening till we actually heard anything so it's like that's what it takes for it's it's more upsetting that it had to take that much in order to even garner a response not even really an apology but a response so So, just shows how much they care (laughs) you but awesome followers on our end so (laughs) this is how we feel about you (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> all, right. all right cool we're moving anyways on. that was our drama um all right and other than that it's time to get into the actual news in the news <laughs> all right first things first gloria <laughs> this news doth bring a smile to my face <laughs> it, it, when i saw the headline i laughed so hard but anyway yes <clears throat> it is it's very entertaining the headline is Clinique Labs can slip past oil free false advertisement lawsuits. Ha ha! <laughs> I told you! How many times do I tell you about this oil free claim? <laughs> I told you! <laughs> oil free claim is one of uh, Victoria's biggest pet peeves because. Oily skin here. 
Yep. Been through that, fell for that. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. I mean, okay, so to be fair to the breath, well, not to be fair. In general, <laughs> oil-free is a, is a claim that doesn't really mean anything. There isn't nope. a standard definition. Nope. So brands tend to have different definitions of it. Mm-hmm. The most common and kind of lazy definition is just your ingredient list doesn't contain the word oil, but it might still have oily substances. Mm-hmm. If you think about it, petrol atom doesn't have the word oil, mm-hmm. but it's not fresh, is it? <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, this lady um, filed a lawsuit claiming brands like um, mm-hmm. L'Oreal, Boots, Walgreens, J&J, Maybelline, da-da-da-da-da, are um, in cahoots in some sort of false advertisement that their oil-free pr- uh, products aren't really oil-free. And in the lawsuits, they call out <laughs> products like um, Beyond Perfecting Foundation Concealer has ingredients like dimethicone, isosterol, mm. neopentanoate, and tocopher acetate. Yeah. Uh, DDML, uh, the dramatically different moisturizing gel, has dimethicone, isodecane, tocopher mm. acetate, and then so on and so forth. And the most commonly called out ingredients are dimethicone um, and some sort of uh, ester oil. Mm-hmm. And to us, I don't know. Actually, Victoria, go first. What do you think? <laughs> oh, well, first thing I was wondering is like, maybe she's listened to too many of our episodes of me ranting. So sorry. <laughs> well, I I think, you know, it, it definitely captures like how oil-free doesn't mean anything because, mm-hmm. yes, even silicones can be considered oils. Um, and there's fatty alcohols. Um, and just like I said, like chemical sunscreens, they all are inherently oil-based, even though some of them are positioned to be oil-free. Um, sun filters are, chemical sun filters are oil-based. The sun boosters and everything need to be in oil. So, I mean, that's the nature of it. And it honestly only confuses people who are trying to probably shop for something that won't break them out. Um, oils are helpful to oily skin people too so that's why it's like it's definitely something that i constantly rant about and i can feel her pain i also do not like ddml (laughs) yeah yeah but i will say what i think what i find kind of humorous about this whole situation Mm -hmm. is that i think this is a scenario where the industry kind of cornered itself Mm because in the beginning they demonized oil as a at the point of differentiators, right? Our competitors have oil, but we, no, 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 we oil-free. Mm. And then as it evolves, as different brands take on different um, interpretation of that yep. term, and and then it's like everyone jumped on it. So yep. they train oily skin people to think that oils are bad. Yeah. So now it's like, okay, I shouldn't say oil-free anymore. Maybe it's a little misleading. Yeah. But what should I say? You know, like it's, yeah. Yeah, I know. And it's it's hard because like how do you position something for oily skin types? Yeah. Um, and the other thing too is silicones, uh, as much as she's calling out all, like dimethicones mm-hmm. and silicone oil fluids, like um, they're not bad for oily skin either. So the takeaway here should not be that oh, like these ingredients are bad for oily skin despite the negative press. Um, It's just more of it's kind of the nature and Mm. complicated aspect of skincare. It's just incredibly personal. Um, My skin really likes silicone. So I don't know. It's it's kind of just the can of worms. Yeah. Good luck with the lawsuit. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I do feel like she 
was capitalizing on a position, though. Just based on the product she was calling out. I mean, of all the products to call out, those would not be my first. Yeah, ones. especially so um, the, the lawsuits are going on. Yeah. We don't have any uh, decisions yet, but part of it was thrown out because apparently mm. some of the products that this lady gave to the judge were products that she herself didn't order or like she's never used, never purchased. So. Cool. Hmm. We will keep an eye out for hmm. <laughs> where this goes. Hmm. All right. <laughs> Next topic. Um, more on the sustainability front. Yeah. I think in the past couple episodes, I think every time in the news segment we mention a little blip about what the industry is doing about sustainability. Mm-hmm. Um, in this week's news, the uh, there's a company called ICS. That's an international cosmetic suppliers has a new ocean plastic tube. Um, and that's great. It's just one of the ways for us to get more into how do we not tap into more virgin plastic. Mm. Uh, great newcomer. Curious to see execution. Cost. And calm. <laughs> Plastics is a complicated world. Mm. There's a lot of different types. And when it comes to makeup, sunscreen, what type of plastic works well for what type of formula, it's, yeah. there's a lot to the equation. Yeah. So yeah, definitely curious to see what comes off it. But yeah, Great. very cool. All right, uh, and then we have a new launch from a longtime brand. Um, CoverGirl actually is launching and has already launched actually their skincare line. Um, I would say this is not that uncommon. Mm-hmm. I think for me, just hearing that, I don't know if you guys have noticed, CoverGirl's line at Target um, is makeup brands that make skincare. And I was going to ask mm. you, like, do you have, does that, I don't know. Do you have any feels on that? So for me, I typically don't gravitate towards those yeah. skincare products. I think there is still a little bit of a perception that makeup brands without that skincare DNA don't really make elevated skincare products. Mm-hmm. Uh, for CoverGirl, this line, I think, so first of all, it definitely skews younger no. and more mm-hmm. for those with oily skin. Pastels! It's pastels <laughs> and there's mattifying water cream so it's like definitely lighter textures you can you can just basically prep yourself for younger drier um oilier skin yeah so yeah in terms of the line do you see it being more like layer friendly with their makeup i mean i'll be honest honest, it looks very basic so i saw the news i was like oh how very interesting i looked at products i was like okay But then again, it's on brand, right? It's like budget-friendly, basic products. So, yeah. Okay, awesome. Um, Another P&G front, uh, Procter & Gamble actually is acquiring the hair care brand Way. Um, You might have seen, they. I think they have done so well in the past couple of years. Mm -hmm. Their bottles are everywhere. Um, There is no price tag disclosed um, on the acquisition, Um, but this will actually be P&G's first entry into prestige hair care um and they mentioned talks of you know extending way into a fragrance line um so yeah that's so smart yeah pretty exciting to Mm. see um apparently most of the founders and um the general um c suite will all be there still um so um in terms of uh brand positioning everything um there's no need to worry at this point. Uh, it just sounds like more like, uh, what's the word am I looking for? Uh, 
building a more robust supply chain. <laughs> Scintillating conversation we're having here. I have a mini confession to make. Yes. So being in this industry for a long time, we haven't done confessions in a while. I oh, yeah. 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 True. Anyways, mini confession. So being in this industry for a long time. I've had the pleasure of getting very expensive products for free,、yeah. making my own very expensive formulations,、mm. and I've also like spent a lot of my own money on very expensive products just to try. Like、yeah. I, I will try the gamut, like anything from drugstore brands to like ultra lux. I've done all skincare, hair care. I'm that person that goes to the store and be like, okay. I see your shampoo is six dollars, but do you have a coupon for me? <laughs> That's fair. For me, it's there's only two things that I shop for. One、mm-hmm. is、um, fragrance.、Mm-hmm. I'm the one that's opening every bottle and taking a big whiff. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the if you see that girl, that's me. And then、um, the other thing is, I would just say、um, I've heard from a hair care chemist that shampoos,、um, it's recommended to buy a creamy、um, looking shampoo, like a milky, like a milky、mm-hmm. emulsified, because it means there's actually some oil.、Um, lately, I don't know if you noticed, most shampoos are clear, like super clear. And after Trialing it myself, I have found those to be quite stripping. I had a run in with a clear formula from Tresemme all the way back in the days. That's like the one time in my life where I'm like, I should spend more money on my hair. So I bought a salon brand, but、yeah. you know, being college me, didn't really know anything about it. it. Smelled good. It was clear, pretty bottle, cool. And walked out my me hair strong. <laughs> It's strong. I don't know if your mom ever did this, but my mom. Um, when I was a kid, would take advantage of some like almost like clearance item shampoos.、Mm-hmm. So like I, I there's a brand called it's not Voss or if it's like Vo Five,、mm-hmm. it'd be like ninety nine cents a bottle. <laughs> my God, my hair! <laughs> But as a clang, yeah, she'd have thirty bottles of it. <laughs> good deal. I know my mom can't pass up a good deal. <clears throat> so if you have an expensive shampoo brand that you think is worth it. Let us know. Oribe, Oribe is nice. Yeah, Oribe is super nice. I can't stomach buying more than a travel size one, though. Exactly. Like Getting gifted it is、mm. super nice.、Mm-hmm. Buying it yourself, you're like,、mm, maybe not. Yeah, but speaking of getting gifts, uh, yes. It's the holiday season. Yes. Can so, you not tell? Oh, also, I'm wearing a llama shirt. I can't <laughs> find my ugly sweater,、right. so I only have a Christmas green sweater. Gloria. Provided us these little elf hats. I got this from Daiso. <laughs> Wonderful gift. Okay. Anyways, yes, holiday kits. So yeah, we decided to walk through some holiday kits that you can still find,、um, ones that we are interested in, or ones that we did purchase from Black Friday, just to go through. Year, we do like to look at Derm Store for some really interesting、yeah. kits.、Um, Derm Store carries some really fantastic, high-level active products and like、um, clinical brands. Yeah. But we understand that these are higher price point. It's kind of hard to splurge before knowing if your skin likes it or not.、Mm-hmm. So these、um, Derm Store kits are a great way to experiment with more expensive brands. Yeah.、Um, they have a essentials brand,、uh, kit. Yeah, so they happen to have their essentials kit priced at a hundred dollars. They usually change these items up、mm-hmm. every year.、Um, 
this year, I just kind of wanted to walk through some of the samples and Gloria and I, we can like say worth it or not worth it. Um, so for $100, you get roughly, I'm looking at probably about 15 to 20 um, mini samples. Mm -hmm. um, some of them include things like Alta MD's um, cult favorite sunscreen. You've also got beauty stats, um, silicone suspension, vitamin C serum. And you also get a mini pot of SkinCeuticals triple lipid cream. Mm. Um, so anyways, all in all, if you just definitely worth a look. Um, they definitely know how to curate. Um, and we're just here to ask, Gloria, worth it or not for $100? Actually, I think it's worth it. Yeah. yeah. I really do because some of these um, products are cult favorites mm -hmm. are, that are pretty expensive. We do talk about the triple lipid a lot because yeah. we're pretty familiar with that product. It has a great clinical mm -hmm. It's very expensive. I forgot how much is full price, like $120 or $30. Yeah. It's definitely something that, like, you want to try out a little bit before exactly. you commit to. Same as, you know, like, Beauty Stats Vitamin C. Mm -hmm. um, for me, the Mira and the SkinCeuticals, along with the other stuff you can try, I think it's a great kit. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, at the end of the day, um, it's just a really great way to t test out luxurious products. Um and I would say, like, for a beauty stat serum, this is probably a great one to try. Because if you haven't liked the Decium's vitamin C suspension, this one is definitely a luxe version of the texture. And maybe that will work for you without having to dish out too much cash up yeah. front. Um, <clears throat> I also just want to add that I have not a tinfoil hat theory, okay. but just, like, a mini theory. Okay. <clears throat> so my family makes leftover stew or leftover fried rice often. Basically, you open your fridge, you're like, what we got here? Let's mm -hmm. toss it in the pot and like, make it into fried rice, mm -hmm. right? A lot of Christmas kids remind me of that. Yes. <laughs> it's like, I don't even think that's like a mini theory. I feel like sometimes the kids <clears throat> feel like an afterthought. I'm like, you really tried to make this a kit, but this is really just leftovers. Yeah, yeah right? you literally walk through a warehouse bit. oh, me thinks I have too many seafood. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But this kit feels like they did yeah. put more thought into it and yeah. make sure you get some of um, every type of product. Yes. So it's very complete. So, yes. Bueno. Great. Um, they actually have another kit. This one is the hydrating regimen. Um, this one is priced at $75. We will show the kit here so you can see it. Um, basically, it comes with about 10 to 12 samples. Um, and we're actually going to ask Gloria to run us through this because she is the one that really struggles with dry skin. And Gloria, with someone with dry skin, is this something that you would buy or want? <laughs> So this one has um, a gentle cleanser, mm. a toner spray, mm -hmm. is Clinical's Cool Serum, Dr. Dennis Gross Hyaluronic um, Eye Gel, also the Skin Circles um, Triple Lipid, but not in a small pot, Teeny in tiny. a satchel. Four <clears throat> mil. Four mil. <laughs> and one application, La, La Roche-Posay Everclaw Duo, some sheet mask. I'm going to say no. <laughs> yeah. That's what I figured. It's new. Yeah. Because <clears throat> the bulk of the, the kit, the more, first of all, the bigger size products in this kit are the least expensive products. Mm. And also, it's the it's the ones that's like more water-based. Yeah. So if you get this, if you look at this and you're like, oh, I need this, I have really dry skin in winter, I don't think it's going to be the one yeah. that gives you that luxurious, like, really um, heavily occlusive, but yeah. still nice texture products of so yeah. me. Yeah, totally yeah. agree. 
All right, and we've got one final kit. This is their pigmentation kit. Mm -hmm. um, this one is also priced at $75. I just feel like all these kits are speaking to Gloria. Pigmentation is one of those things that I don't think she necessarily needs to worry about, but she does pay attention to. <laughs> I have a lot of freckles, and my mother always said that they turn into age spots when you start <laughs> connecting the dots. <laughs> yeah, anyway, so we're going to have her run through this again. This is really just so I do less work here, but we're going to have her run through this and see if it's worth it or not. All right, we have Obaji New Derm Foaming Gel. Mm -hmm. Um, the Lancer skincare with the method uh, uh, exfoliating scrub, mm. skin glucose discoloration defense, image skincare vital state intense moisturizer, ultimate renew eye gel, Obagi sun shield, Neostrata smooth surfacing glycolic peel, a uh, single use pad times three, <laughs> um, only three, and Neostrata cellular restoration. Um, it's $75. I'm going to lean towards no again. And for me, this is because, um, on one hand, I think this kit is good for inspiration, mm -hmm. right? We always talk about, you can refer back to the hyperpigmentation yeah. episode. It's a whole routine type of game. Yeah. This does kind of hit a couple different areas. You have your serum, mm -hmm. your um, vitamin C moisturizer, you have, yeah. um, reserve, you have your exfoliating peel and stuff. It kind of paints a picture of what you need. Yeah. But the individual products, like, it won't... So, for example, I guess the crown jewel of this, this kit is the... Um, it's probably SkinCeuticals Discoloration Defense yes. and the Vitamin C product. But they're not at a size where you can try for more than three months. Oh, such a good point. Yes. Right? So you're not going to know if it works for you or yes. not. I mean, with discoloration, I'll be honest, like, is this is not a knock to these brands or, or Derm Store because the reality is... Who's gonna give you a sample for three months? That's a full size product. Right. So for me, I would say that like if you want to splurge and you want to see if any of these products work for you, do your research and try to go for one or two good products and just just stick with it. I was gonna say like would I'm sure you would rather buy a full size bottle <clears throat> of the discoloration serum. Right. Or a Skin Medica serum. Right, exactly. Um, and then just trial, have enough to trial, wholeheartedly trial for at least 30 days to mm -hmm. see any sort of improvement. Um, I think that's such a good point. So. Yeah, so good inspiration, yeah. but I wouldn't necessarily buy the kit myself. Yeah. All right, so those are a couple kits that you can look at for inspiration. Um, I'll be honest, as I was dabbling and shopping for kits, I kind of came to this realization that if you were to gift someone skincare it's pretty hard um we always talk about skincare being so personal and, and just... also you're like what kind of signal are you sending <laughs> right right that no exactly that so I really feel like at this point, gifting anything that's like involves with like me time is more suitable. So I thought about, I was like, you know what? As a kit, I would want to try, like if I was gifted a bundle of sheet masks, I'd probably really like that. Yeah, it's yeah. true. It's yeah. true. So um, by signals. So recently I saw an old friend, Andy. He complains <laughs> that I never talk about him on podcast and then proceeds to tell me that. I don't know why he, he says that. He's like one of the most common names that right? he's thrown out in this right? podcast. And then this kid proceeds to say, I haven't seen him for like years. And he goes, man, your smile lines are ridiculous. <laughs> I'm like, 
love you. And this is the type of guy that will give you anti-aging Why cream. are we friends well, with Andy? I don't really know. But anyway, again, don't be like an Andy. Don't <laughs> give someone um, an anti-aging cream. laugh if suddenly everyone cream. starts hating on Andy. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I, didn't, I don't know. I'm, just, I'm innocent. This is not how I am. No, we actually like Andy. But anyways. Um, yeah, I agree. And so I... One of the, like, brands that I've been itching to try is actually Loops. Mm. Um, I love their descriptions on their hydrogel. Um, they look really... C- I usually shop by cushion, like, juiciness of the of the face mask. Yes. Right? I mm-hmm. right? So, anyways, I would say that's one I would probably try. There are ones that you pull out and you're just like... It's gonna dry on me in like yeah. five minutes. When yeah. you feel like it's like too thin or mm-hmm. might tear mm-hmm. as you apply, yeah, yeah, exactly. Hydrocellulose baths are great for that juicy, dewy feel. If we get gifted, great. Mm-hmm. Paying myself, not so great. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah. All right. Every year, me and my fiance, my fiance's family does Secret Santa every mm. year, and I just like they. My sisters-in-law have said that they really appreciate gifts of skincare, but every year I still feel really bad because I'm just that person that rolls in with like my own product and some others. And I'm like, is this what people? Want? <laughs> I'm like really bad at gifting. I, I don't. I I feel like because we stare at these products yeah. all day, like sometimes you know too much. Yeah, sometimes I don't think I I appreciate as much. Mm-hmm. So when I give skincare to people, I'm like. It's okay if you don't like it. <laughs> you know, like, I can't feel, like, yeah, skittish about yeah. it. Also, it just feels weird gifting people things that you make, right? It just feels like it is a cop-out. But I'm like, I promise you, so much blood, sweat, and tears went into this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, good point. We did want to give a shout-out to some of our entrepreneur friends who are also doing awesome things in skincare. Um, one of them is... Oh, sorry. <laughs> hmm. I was just going to say, I was just going to say that to me, one of the best things about doing what we do is meeting other entre- yeah. like-minded entrepreneurs. Yeah. And I think um, when we, Victoria and I talk about, was it worth it? Was it worth <laughs> leaving the comforts of a corporate lab? I think meeting these people is part of what makes this yeah. journey worth it, seeing what um, other awesome women in this field are doing yeah. and yeah we can't we we love to share their products yeah so the first one we definitely have to give a shout out to is actually we know of them because our own chemist friend joyce um is one of the co-founders um mm. of do skin mm-hmm. um and then we happen to get connected with charlotte as well mm. they do awesome content and also awesome work in terms of skin uh skin product development so one of their products that they just launched is their deliverance serum um it is awesome think of it as this aqueous silky gel um it's got um peptides and also their clinically tested um cbd um I wouldn't I don't even want to call it an oil but it is their active compound so um, definitely want to give a shout out to the deliverance serum as well you probably have seen them on social media for their forever eye mask um, for fun and yeah so definitely um, great 
a great brand to check out. Yeah. Um, yeah. And we were back to the uh, eye cream episode where we talked about how peptides is a great mm-hmm. place to look at, you know, like reducing eye circles and different like aging requirements, mm-hmm. but how difficult it is to tell if it works for you or not. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> you know, we knew Joyce from backing art, even yeah. our corporate chemist days, and Charlotte happened to be so like minded. So we really agree with her product development philosophy. You yeah. know, like her peptide complex, she shares the percentages of the complex. So definitely like, worthy of a checkout all good things yeah for sure um next one uh is leah Yu's brand crave beauty um another awesome entrepreneur and content creator um and yeah she just launched their snack pack i'll talk about a kit that Mm -hmm. you want to gift it's great it comes with all four of their um skincare products in travel size sample along with a little towel so that you always have it handy and a really cool neon mesh case. So we really love that. Yeah. We got to meet Leah in person. Just Finally, yeah. yeah. Just recently. So it was really nice. Yeah, her. we were both at a um, Beauty Connect event in LA and um, both got roped into a panel. Yeah. So Leah <laughs> was part of uh, her own panel yeah. and um, Victoria was invited to speak on the, um, holy crap, what the f- <laughs> Wasn't it? Was it about clean beauty? Yeah, something like that. <laughs> I thought it was clean beauty. Oh yeah. So, so, so Victoria was part of a panel that I got roped into being moderator last minute. Last minute but like thirty minutes before the presentation. Yeah, but Leah was so sweet. She, um, we connected via that event. Saw yeah. her again in New York. So yeah, just really really awesome to meet these people yeah and finally uh one of our longtime friends starring chemist confessions was lisa yeah. yeah lisa was actually doing an ingredient database we met her yeah. in new london pharmacy when we first launched our product yeah. um and then she went on she's done so much in that time span yep. She went on to work with uh, apostrophe skincare mm. for a little bit. She recently decided to uh, do her own venture in experimental beauty. Yay. And their first launch is a another silicone-based forever mask. Um, and I really, really hate to say this about myself. But so this is very, very millennial. It's a fun neon green. Yeah. For me, I was like, wow. Yeah, I'm too old to come up with this myself. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a good point, but people love it. They mm. love the audacity of it. And um, just like it's honestly fun a really colors making fun the whole concept. experience like, you know, experimental. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, those are, some, yeah, just a few brand shout outs we want to give. Um, so, if you're thinking of gifting someone something more fun, more out there, and just honestly really good products, um, please also, look at yeah. these for inspiration yeah supporting entrepreneurs doing great work trying to like branch out and do exciting different things speaking of branching out and doing exciting things i believe we have a kit of our own (laughs) one that is not out of stock that you're pulling (laughs) (laughs) the kit is about to fall (laughs) grandmaster splash so actually these kits we launched last year during mm-hmm. the holiday season but the idea is to give a giftable case yeah. um to house our top sellers miss reliable and aquafix who are both incidentally out of stock <laughs> at the moment yeah it's it, this is actually the only way you can get these products at the moment hopefully it changes by the time yeah. this podcast comes out yeah. but 
Yeah, but anyway, so if you are also looking for a kit um, and you're looking for some of our top community's favorites, um, please look to these. Grandmaster Splash is actually our oily skin kit and Uncactus is our dry skin kit. So yeah, anyways, those are all the kits we support. <laughs> and that's the news. That's wow, the news. Well, this is going to be a long episode, guys. <laughs> all right. right. It's time to get into the meat. The meat! Um, we... Chemical exfoliation is such an important topic. We talk about this all the time. Uh, we are actually just going to do a quick summary and also a refresh of some any new data that's out there. Um, but otherwise, we want to keep this kind of brief. Um, as brief as possible. <laughs> you're right. As brief as po- possible. So um, first things first, uh, we got to blitz through the biology real quick. Why is chemical exfoliants so important? Gloria, care to comment? Why they're so important? <laughs> your cell is constantly turning over. Yes. If you don't like your skin, you should get yourself a whole new skin in two weeks, and your biology's got you covered on that. <laughs> but unfortunately, as we age, that process slows down, yes. and um, when that what that means is these dead cells. Well, the top layer of your skin, your shine cornea, they are dead cells. But when that starts to build up, it leads to a cascade of unwanted things like dry skin, yeah. scaly skin, mm-hmm. and it becomes Dull like a texture. Yep, mm-hmm. yep, and it becomes a vicious cycle because yeah. dry skin begets more dry skin. So yes, it just yay. compounds and becomes more and more of a stubborn problem. So that's where chemical exfoliants come in to just make sure cell turnover is really keeping to its schedule. Um, and so yeah, uh, with that, there's actually three categories of chemical exfoliants. We have your PHAs, AHAs, and BHAs. Um, I'm going to run us through the first category of PHAs. They are your biggest, largest molecule size. Um, They are, you can think of these as the most gentle of the bunch, and at low levels can actually be considered a humectant as well, similar to lactic acid that we've talked about before. Um, Our main guys are gluconolactone and lactobionic acid. Yeah. And just so you know, these are relatively newcomers to the skincare scene. And I think we talked about some of the science behind it a few yeah. times. But since we're doing this episode, we did a refresher. And Victoria found some great new studies that mm-hmm. um, kind of help you understand more about what they do for your skin. Yeah. So if you've um, listened to us before, we've mentioned that target concentration is roughly about 14%. That's because there are a couple studies that mention how, um, one, it can actually be helpful even in treating acne at 14%, they compared it to a 5% BPO and found it to function basically on par. Um, but what, as we dabbled, we noticed some interesting things. Um, one, oh, actually, before I get into that, mm-hmm. quick refresher is um, when they looked into gluconolactone, because it's a larger mo- molecule, chemical exfoliations happening at the surface, um, they actually mentioned that you may not need sunscreen while using this chemical exfoliant. Mm. Um, but we always say best uh, uh, SOP is to use sunscreen always. Who's not using sunscreen at this point anyway? So that's best practice, and please stick to that. If you're not, I know it's winter, but you should you should still be wearing sunscreen daily. I mean, we're in LA. Sun still shines. <laughs> I was going to say the best anti-aging thing I did for myself this year was to tint my car windows. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, so true, especially here. Um, but yeah, after going through some of the data, one of the cool things that I found was, um, this might sound very not glamorous to you, but they did a comparison test of 10% versus 30% gluconolactone. Oh, yes. <laughs> 
something you hear us say a lot is comparative studies yeah. of any sort is really hard to find in skincare so you know people come to us and ask things like oh but what is the best antioxidant yeah. or what is the best hydrator yeah well i can't really tell you because they're not there's not really any data out there that puts these things against each other so comparative yeah. studies it's funny you bring that up because for some reason mm -hmm. as i went down this rabbit hole there's a lot of comparative studies here so, <laughs> so i have this like i have this tinfoil hat theory that mm. because no one can actively patent these molecules there's mm. more comparative studies oh so they can't say this is my molecule yeah. so they're like hold on mine's better than yours <laughs> they'd be like but do you use it in this way with these actives so anyways i like it i like that mm. all right um so they did a comparison study um comparing 10 percent versus 30 percent gluconolactone um not glamorous at all they found both to actually be significantly hydrating um but there wasn't a difference between the two so i thought that was kind of cool it might not be that exciting because you want to hear about wrinkles and fine lines and pigmentation but knowing that you're using high levels of gluconolactone and it's hydrating is kind of cool i actually find it really humorous because i think you just hit a point of like things that might interest a chemist but really people <laughs> don't care about why, why you gotta <laughs> call me out like that <laughs> we're like, you know, comparative studies and but it's our so listeners cool. are it's like so cool wow okay, can you get to the point or not <laughs> uh, okay that's kind of fair <laughs> all right um all right here here fine fine that yeah. might not be good let me try another one all right mm -hmm. um they actually looked at how gluconolactone being more gentle plays with other actives um this was actually in a textbook, so I had trouble finding the nitty-gritty details of this, but gluconolactone has actually been looked at as in pairings with things like high levels of azelaic acid and even tretinoin. So 15% azelaic acid, um, they was used in combination with pha cleanser and pha moisturizer, sorry, um, and it's found to have um, less side effects. Um, but still really great results. And then they even paired it with 0.1% tretinoin, which is actually quite high, um, and found that it is also compatible. So um, we used to mention about how gluconolactone, we like that pairing with retinol. Here's a little bit of proof. We're going to look into this more, um, but we think it's a great pairing. So this is why we recently launched our retinol product yeah. in the double play yeah. and already we're getting questions like oh i'm using your exfoliant yeah. so like should i should we dial it back is yeah. it still okay to use a gold standard and all our, good questions all good questions and our go-to recommendation is if you're not sure you know stop exfoliating for a little bit yeah. but if you want to incorporate exfoliation um, start with the baby steps yeah. and this is our 30% gluconolactone with 15% lactic acid combo yeah. just to kind of ease yourself into that exfoliation yeah so I really love this combo um, it works for me I'm actually someone that doesn't work too well with glycolic acid especially mm -hmm. when I'm using things like adapalene or high levels of retinol so um, fully approve of this combo um, next thing so gluconolactone is kind of the main ingredient in this mm -hmm. space but lactobionic acid actually has some cool data as well. Um, there is a study that um, looked at 8% lactobionic acid and found that after 12 weeks, it is a tiny study, um, but 
It found that after eight weeks, it was able to help reduce fine lines and wrinkles, brighten skin, and improve skin elasticity. So I did want to just share that PHAs, there's more to it than just gluconolactone. Um, yeah, so that's that's really that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Gore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> so, but that's not all. Um, aside but wait, there's more. <laughs> there's more. <laughs> I can't wait for us to edit this one. <laughs> all right. Yeah. So, but there's more research. Um, you think of these ingredients as exfoliants, but it's actually been pretty well looked at as a antioxidant. I just want to show everyone our neutral fast because it's like da 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 Cosmoceuticals <laughs> Journal! <laughs> yes! <laughs> yeah, so if you want some light reading, you can look at this textbook called Procedures in Cosmetics titled Cosmo- Cosmoceuticals. Um, yeah, so they go into how they looked at gluconolactone and lactobionic acid as an antioxidant. Um, they tested it with things like a banana peel and could it prevent it from browning, um, which Gloria and I were immediately like, banana cruelty. Banana, oh, did the banana ask to be browned? Yeah, no. We'll, we'll show a picture here. They've cut up um, little samples of banana peel and then basically used these solutions to cover and see if how the browning um, progressed. Some of them turn black <laughs> how weak some of this yeah they did yeah so it's pretty cool um they've looked at it um in that manner um so i thought that was kind of interesting um i would say that compared to some of the other plant extracts we looked at for antioxidants we're like actually pretty well studied as an actually you know what that's a great point yeah. um kind of going off of our last episode about eye creams yeah antioxidant studies is another one that make us go <laughs> you look at these data especially bar graphs is like super close yeah. to each other and then the researcher is like yeah this one's uh, significantly yeah. better <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah um okay and then finally this is probably another one that's dumped in the category of chemist care but consumers might not um, Please care. <laughs> we care, therefore, so should you. Yeah, they looked at um, the humectant properties of gluconolactone um, in comparison to things like glycolic acid, even lactic acid, uh, uh, propylene glycol, and found it to perform as a better humectant um, than the rest. So I thought that was kind of nice. Actually, when I was going through the notes, so Victoria <laughs> compiled the first pass of these notes yeah. and did most of the research. And when I saw the bar graph, I'm like, ooh, 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 ooh. we always talk about how like it tingles the chemists. <laughs> <laughs> we always talk about how <laughs> how it's um, people ask us like, okay, I'm really dry and I'm looking for the best hydrator. And the thing is like, it's and I think we wrote in our book too. It's like, sadly. There's not a lot of head-to-head data for mm-hmm. us to say, yeah, like this ingredient is 100% better than whatever, mm-hmm. or like that kelp you're using, yeah, that's the best humectant ever. But this is about as close as it's going to get. So it's really cool to see that, you know, PHAs can act as a very, very, very effective hydrator. Comparison study. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that's PHAs. Um, we're moving on to AHAs. All right, Gloria. 
Take it away. Already all about the Asian shit. We've been here before, so um, the big three we usually cover are mandelic, um, mm. lactic, and glycolic acid. Mm. And do we care about malic? I don't give it. <laughs> do we care about tartaric? I don't give them. Ask me about Wow, this old fashion is really packing cake. Just want you guys to know, this is our essentially our virtual holiday party. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, um, the reason why we focus on these three, um, because they have the most data, and they're compared to the other ones, are the smaller ones with well-understood data. So like Tartaric, Malik, Citric, they might have one or two maybe kind of interesting paper here and there but we don't even really consider them to be true exfoliators Mm -hmm. and i even wanted to add that like when we talk about these ingredients and what they do for your skin there's two things to consider one is the pathway yes so things like okay glycolic acid loosens up the bond between dead cells and that's how it leaves earlier and it can be validated and proven by um, sometimes researchers will dye your skin something mm. that goes pretty deep and then they apply one patch with um, glycolic one patch mm. with nothing and see how fast that dye leaves your skin and mm-hmm. that's kind of how you see it some a lot of these other acids like malic such as they don't really look at it in that light sometimes no. they just apply and be like I don't know it's seems a little brighter <laughs> also there's just no data there's just nothing bottom line no data <laughs> there's nothing we would like to give you the good news but we can't so there you go yeah Ahem. So Mandelic acid. <laughs> this one, out of the three, is probably the more mysterious one. Yes. Um, it is yes. the bigger molecule. Mm-hmm. I will say, I think it's a lot more popular in Asian skincare. Yes. Yeah. I think in Asian skincare, they're a lot more risk averse. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't find a high level glycolic, uh, glycolic acid so much in Asian skincare. Mm-hmm. They would rather give you like a 10% Mandelic or 18%, just so like, like, it won't burn your skin at yes. all. You know, they play a little safer in that department. Um, but mentalic acid is really great. Traditionally, as a chemical peel, it's used in combination with salicylic acid, mm-hmm. used to treat oily skin. And Slightly lipid soluble. Yes. So it kind of, if you, we'll put up the structure of salicylic acid and mandalic here. You'll see that it's pretty similar. Mm-hmm. And that's why like people have, kind of thought of it as a as a tangent to sell acid in some cases um but uh it isn't super duper well studied what like daily application of lower doses of mandalic does for you and victoria found some great new studies on it yeah so uh recently i I stumbled upon one that looked at just four (laughs) every (laughs) episode (laughs) that looked at just four percent mandalic acids very small study of n equals 24 um, and they applied it every day and they did find that it even helped improve things like your lower eyelid elasticity, firming of the skin. Um, so I thought that was actually cool. Like even as such a low percentage, you could get that kind of results, um, which as Gloria mentioned, if you actually try to look at mandelic acid, it's pretty sparse. It like, is. Really hard. Especially like and, yeah. um, glycolic. Exactly. Um. So that's one side that gives a, some semblance of good news. 
Um, another study actually looked at 10% mandelic acid in comparison to 10% glycolic acid. Another comparative study. <laughs> <laughs> and this tested 120 subjects. So large, um, totally healthy <laughs> sample. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so they wanted to look at in terms of treating acne. Um, but they did find that after 12 weeks, glycolic acid was still the better champion in this category. Which is really interesting because mm-hmm. glycolic, so this is something that we find um, challenging from marketing to communicate because yeah. you'll see you'll see charts and content creators that make charts that's like, this acid is best for yeah. this, that acid is best for that. But sometimes it's like not really how it works. Mm-hmm. So glycolic is proven in almost everything you can think of. Yeah. But it's just the downside to glycolic isn't that it doesn't work for things like acne. It's because it might be too harsh for some people. Yes. So, yeah. But in this study, the lack of the mandelic acid did work, just not as well as the glycolic. There you go. Yeah. Yep. And again, like, uh, I just want to say that you might think that you're currently using mandelic acid for, you know, to help with um, managing acne congestion things and breakouts. And if it's working for you, the idea is to not, you don't have to change, you Mm -hmm. know, it's just a matter of just giving you some perspective in comparison to these other acids. um, Okay, and then finally, another comparative study. I am, (laughs) so we've hit the jackpot, guys. So (laughs) We should do another acid episode. more of this feeling you know less episodes where i have to stare at the screen back. <laughs> so there's no <laughs> conclusion <laughs> it doesn't do anything <laughs> yeah so this one they want to look at just four percent hydroquinone alone versus four percent hydroquinone plus ten percent mandelic acid um they, it was actually for a hundred patients so another healthy size study <laughs> <laughs> And yeah, so um, they actually found that for just 4% hydroquinone, that group, um, less than 20% of the group showed significant improvement versus the hydroquinone and mandelic acid combination. They said about 50% of the group showed improvement. So that, I thought that was really cool. That's actually really, really cool. Yeah. And that, for the hydroquinone group, I'm almost shocked that's how low it is. I'm sure yeah. they have like a much higher bar mm-hmm. to kind of signify what counts as improvement. Exactly. But yeah. Yeah. Awesome. All right. So that's mandelic. Um, yeah. So if you're currently using mandelic, yeah. Stay the course, you know, if you if your skin like it. But um, it's if you think that it's not doing that much for your skin, it might be time to level up. Oh, and let's just do a quick summary of percentage, Gloria. Daily percentage? <clears throat> At least 10% if you can. Yeah. Um, our, our mandelic acid, the specialist, is at 18% in combination with 2% um, cell acid. Mm-hmm. It's mild enough to use as a... Uh, as a spot treat yes. leave on we wouldn't necessarily recommend using o- over phase at that concentration every day but anyway it gives you that flexibility but if you are using a mandelic acid say cream mm. at a nondescript percentage yeah maybe a two percent that's not enough yeah so. yeah you're gonna want more in this mm-hmm. category for sure and All right. Oh, yeah, sorry. Go ahead. I was gonna add that um, if uh, think about this as a good supporting cast yeah if you're on a um brightening regimen if you're on some sort of acne routine yeah. and you add a mandala to your routine it's a great addition it probably won't be yeah. your lone problem solver but it's a great sidekick exactly all right 
Moving on to the middle guy, lactic acid. Lactic acid. So interesting. (laughs) I almost feel like it's that, like, what's a good comparison? It's like, it's like Liam Hemsworth. (laughs) It's it's that. Go on. (laughs) All right. I want to hear this. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Liam fans, don't don't come after me. (laughs) But may not be as glamorous as Chris. (laughs) But, I can't wait for this. But there's still enough clout yeah. <laughs> around him and, and enough studies to back him up. <laughs> the sentences I would never hear in my lifetime. <laughs> I was going to make a reference to the third Hemsworth brother, but no, I forgot his yeah. name. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, the Liam Hemsworth of the AHA bunch. Um, it's effective. It's kind of like a little jackknife of the HAs because your skin naturally has some level of lactic acid. It's an NMF. It's an NMF. It's a it's a humectant. Mm-hmm. It does grab onto water, which interestingly, <laughs> according to Victoria's chart, according to this study, it doesn't work as well as PHAs. Yeah. But at two percent, there's still plenty of studies that show that lactic acid is a, a hydrating ingredient. Yeah. Um, and this is where, like, we get all these good questions about percentages. Yeah. And AHAs is one of those ingredient categories where you can really go nuts with percentages. Because yes. if you think about it, different percentages percentages mean different things. Yep. So if you use a 2% lactic acid every day, it's a hydrant ingredient. But using it every day is not going to get you an exfoliating yes. effect. Yes. You're going to need to get to at least, say, 8% daily mm-hmm. or a higher level to get that more, like, exfoliating efficacy yeah i mean we always talk about that comparison mm-hmm. study where they did eight <clears> percent <throat> lactic versus eight percent glycolic and found that was roughly on par mm-hmm. um so anyways um in terms of i guess just interesting studies that have been done recently one of the things was they looked at eight percent lactic acid mm-hmm. versus eight percent lactic acid Plus one percent ascorbic acid. One percent. Uh huh. Go on. Tiny, right? Yeah, and yeah. then the weird thing is, this is a tiny study of n equals twenty. Um, the pH of both products, lactic acid and ascorbic acid, was at five. What's the point? That's what I was thinking. And they said they used this for th- uh, three months mm-hmm. and found that this combo of lactic acid and ascorbic acid did lead to brighter skin tone. Three months, though. Yeah. And I wanted to add a very weird thing. Because they knew that ascorbic acid degraded, mm-hmm. they gave them fresh ascorbic acid every two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so they're like, oh, man, we made, their, we made a shitty formula. <laughs> so I guess, right, uh, here you go. Yeah, here's a fresh batch. Yeah, we- that poor chemist is just like, and you know they paid that chemist minimum wage. <laughs> yeah. So anyways, I thought that was interesting. Um, and then another, just one other one that was kind of interesting was using just simply 5% lactic acid, which mm. is pretty much on the low side. They wanted to use it to supplement people's acne management for one whole year. Mm. So they use that, they use that for one whole year. Um, also a relatively small study of n equals 22 but they did find that you know the greatest reduction um, was seen anywhere between 8 to 24 weeks um, in terms of inflammatory acne lesions um, 
And then on top of that, they saw in terms of about 40% of the patients saw a 90 to 100% reduction of inflammatory lesions while when supplementing. So I thought that was really interesting because uh, now you also need to understand is these are people that are seeing a derm. They are probably using antibiotics um, mm. when they are having acne flare-ups. Um, so this is, they're doing all the right steps and then just supplementing with lactic acid and saw an improvement. So I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah. And actually, I really want to add that speaking of some charge you might see on social media, that's yeah. not super helpful. Um, we try to simplify information as much as possible, mm. but at the same time, sometimes we'll see oversimplication, <clears throat> oversimplication sometimes doesn't do anyone any any benefits so going back to the charts that sometimes we see about how like oh this is for acne not for acne and things like that the reality is like a lot of people you'll see information out there that's like bha is great for acne which is true we'll get there um but ha is not or something but the reality is a combination will do your acne great yeah that's such a good point at this Mm -hmm. point we always tout like cocktails yes is the shotgun approach will surprisingly can be more effective. It's just harder to figure out what's the cocktail that works for your skin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's such a good point. All right, so that's lactid. That's uh-huh. the update uh-huh. for that. Um, we always tout, you know, 8% is the min, you know, in terms of daily use. Mm. Um, and then there are appeals that go up to 50%. <clears throat> yeah, oh, Side note as a chemist, lactic acid smells like crab. So we've um, made some pretty bad concoctions trying to make baby stuffs. <laughs> yeah. So again, go back to baby stuffs, which has 30% gluconolactone yeah. and 15% lactic. We already decided that, be- especially because it's a gentle product, we didn't want to fragrance it. We didn't want to have essential oils. Just keep the formula vanilla and simple. But <clears throat> when we first made it, we we're like, man, this does not smell very good. It's like, oh, it smells like feet. Eat. Yes. <laughs> and then, so we were like, okay, maybe there's something slightly, not super fragrant, but yeah. still vanilla, maybe like a a blossom flower, mm-hmm. one of those like foo-foo ingredients that has a light scent that can help cover it up. So and then we added blossom flower uh, water to this formula, and then <laughs> we baked it for a little bit, see how it ages, and we pour it out, we're like, mmm, fermented feet. <laughs> I know. And just, we put it on, we're like, is that what fermented sprites? <laughs> it was bad, so we we're yeah. like, whatever. If it doesn't smell the best, but it works. The yeah, end. Yeah. yeah. At the end of the day, it's like this was supposed to be for the most gentle, the mm-hmm. easiest introduction. So, hence the sacrifice. Yes. Yeah. All right. <clears throat> cool. Um, we got to move on to glycolic. Glycolic. I mean, Gloria is acid queen here, so we have to let her talk about glycolic here. <clears throat> glycolic acid is the gold standard. It is not for everyone. It's not for the faint of heart. But because it's a gold standard, you have such a wide range of products to choose from. For sure. You have a classic um, toners like the, the Pixie Glow Tonic. Um, the Ordinary has a glycolic mm. toner. All the way up to serums. Um, our gold standard has 30% glycolic. Yeah. You can buy, don't do this sketchy sketchy 70 percent glycolic acid products off amazon yeah um you can get glycolic peels done at esthetician office and it's recommended you can get some really 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 impressive results by going through that channel yeah at home use we would suggest keeping it 30 percent or under us yeah and anyway the reason why it's a gold standard is it's the smallest aha molecule 
It's also got the longest history of use, mm. other than being used as a peel. Um, it can be used daily from 5 to 10%. I would say it's the <clears throat> only real chemical exfoliant here that has any sort of benefit in terms of pigmentation mm-hmm. and fine lines and wrinkles. Yes. There are some shockingly impressive um, results yeah. from chemical peels. Now, home peels, you're not expecting to see that yeah. level of like, you know, like actual, like full on lifting. Well, I've seen pictures <laughs> where it's like this afterwards. It's super impressive. But at the same time, it can. Um, I like how you're like, this is really impressive. I really see this in some pictures. But um, yeah, for. At home peel, you yeah. could expect a very visible change to your pigmentation. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's really good for even skin tone. At the bare minimum, if you use it daily at the lower level, you'll see improvement to your skin texture. Yeah. So yeah, um, anything new in the study front? Yeah, so I there's only one, but I thought it was so, so good. Something that was <clears> on <throat> my mind is... Um, does it's another comparative study? Can you believe it? Best episode <laughs> ever! Jackpot. Best episode to wrap up the season. Yeah. So what they did was they wanted to compare glycolic peels versus nightly use of glycolic. Um, so that is t- so good. Yeah. And so peel concentration that they would increase. So this is biweekly peels. They would increase from 20, 30. 50 and 70. I'm sorry. They did 70% twice yeah, you know, a week. Not, uh, yeah. So not twice a week. This is bi-weekly. Oh, so every, every two, two weeks. weeks. Now. They would change it. So 20. So it would be after one week, it would be 20%. Then 30% after the next two weeks. And then 50% and then 70%. Um, again, consult your professional. Yes. Um, most typical peel treatment cadence we've heard is probably every four yes. weeks so it's definitely on the aggressive end yeah so sure. uh, so uh, yeah especially for higher level ones yeah. please do not walk into your derm office or your <laughs> esthetician like, oh, office i demand a 70 percent i i saw on chemist confessions <laughs> <laughs> that they were giving 70 percent every two weeks please do not use our name oh, we will deny <laughs> <laughs> we will deny this yes but anyway yeah. carry on yeah uh-huh. so they did that versus using a 15% glycolic acid uh, cream twice daily. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought this was really cool and so applicable to people just getting into chemical exfoliants. Um, and this was actually to look at um, atrophic um, acne scars. And this is something, a topic that we always say it's really hard to accomplish for topical skincare. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it turns out that only way they could see a difference is by doing these aggressive peels um topical while topical 15 percent creams um was a much better approach it was like less side effect um they just didn't see those results um we're gonna show a picture here it's insane so impressive um Mm -hmm. it's incredible what you can accomplish with a peel this is not using any laser which is usually what we recommend so so yeah so this was super impressive for us um and we were just really impressed by this come again another comparative study but in terms of 
skin routine, honestly. Yeah, and we really want to highlight this study because sometimes we get questions that's like, <clears throat> why did you make your gold standard at 30%? That seems really mm. high, really aggressive. And the thing is, 30% at around 3.2, 3.3, um, pH of 3.2, 3.3, like our gold standard is, is about as aggressive as we are comfortable yeah. with, with a take-home product. But it's nothing compared to what yeah. you sh- can and should get at in-office procedures. Because yes. we neutralize it up to 3 point some odd and 30%. But in-office, these treatments at 50%, 70%, many of these pills are not neutralized. So you're talking about pH of 0 or <laughs> 1. It's yeah. very aggressive. Exactly. So I thought that was really cool mm-hmm. and just really paints a real picture of, you know, the difference between... Mm your cosmetics versus what you can get treatments yeah in in office and we always say this like um and there are many studies to back this up which is these at home levels of peels can help these um aesthetics procedures go further so it's a way to really just push the envelope of your skincare but at the same time they are not meant to replace these office treatments yep exactly all right, so those are the BHAs. We yeah. are going to blitz through BHAs really quick. Um, first things first, um, your BHA, the main one you know of, is salicylic acid. Um, historically, you always hear about the 2% mark. I mean, it's been looked at as 2% salicylic acid cleanser in comparison to 10% BPO. They found that a 2% salicylic acid cleanser was effective in reducing acne lesions versus a 10% BPO cleanser. So this is kind of how um, salicylic acid got its claim to fame. Mm-hmm. Um, this study was done 32 years ago, and I know this because Man. it was done in 1989. This is when we were born, basically. No! <laughs> yeah. I don't hear that. And to be honest, if you take a look now, I mean, that's really all you see aside from peels. Um, and so we... I always want to like emphasize that people think salicylic acid is the acne savior. I was going to ask like, how do you feel about salicylic acid? I don't like it. I mean, I like it as like maybe a secondary active, but Mm -hmm. it's not the savior that you think it is. You know, it's, um, we'll talk about this more at the end, but you know, all in all, I just want to kind of manage expectations here. Salicylic acid, the reason why it's so positioned for oily and acne is because it is lipid soluble. Um, it's also, you don't have to worry about the pH as much. Mm-hmm. So with that, um, that's why I feel it, you know, is positioned to be more effective for oily acne skin types. Um, and we always say like, I was going to ask Gloria, you don't necessarily like salicylic acid, do you? It makes my nose flake. <laughs> <laughs> and so with that, you know, people think that 2% is the highest or the only concentration that you can handle. But, you know, understand that it's as an OTC ingredient, it's positioned anywhere between 0.5% and 2%. So um, it can be helpful in your regimen. Just don't think of this as the main savior. Yeah, and I, I really wanted to ask that where um because of what we do, mm-hmm. I get a lot of questions from my friends as well who maybe they're experiencing maskne or they just mm-hmm. feel like, you know, picking my brain about skincare. Yeah. And they realize there's so many people out there with acne that are only using cell acid. Cause you see you go out and you get your Clarisol, your Neutrogena cleanser, and all yeah. of those are salicylic acid topicals. They work, 
they work fine, but it, it they work at such a narrow angle. So refer back to our acne um, blog yeah. post. It's just a very shallow way of ta- tackling acne. It will work to some degree, but it is by no means a comprehensive way to tackle any sort of breakout. So that's why we're like, we like and hate cell acid. You know, yeah. it works, but it's it's blown up to be a little bit bigger than what it really we is. We don't like the marketing and the expectations that right. come with it. Right, Yeah. Exactly. So think of it as continued as like a chemical exfoliant. Um, mm-hmm. And then another one that you haven't heard about is called LHA. Because <sighs> <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Gloria and I, we both worked with this because it's actually a proprietary molecule. Um, it is a derivative of salicylic acid. And cell acid with the tail. Yeah, exactly. So this is lipohydroxy acid. Um, same thing. Also slightly oil soluble. Um, there was a study that L'Oreal has done um, in comparison with 5% BPO on 80 subjects. And they actually, the nice thing is they did study, they took a portion of the subjects to dedicate to inflammatory acne mm. lesions versus 50 non-inflammatory acne lesions. So I thought that was cool. And they did see a nice on par reduction of these acne lesions. So um, another, I just wanted to kind of put that in the spotlight. The only way you can get this molecule is if you buy their, um, Lori, um, sorry, the La Roche-Posay Efficlar Duo. This is the one with the 5% BPO mm-hmm. and LHA combo. So yeah, anyways. All right. So that's a really quick rundown of chemical exfoliants. We're actually going to take a break from all the science Yay! and all the data. Yay! <laughs> break time! <laughs> it's time for our section where we basically decode that marketing claim. Oh my god, we love this segment and we yeah. my favorite thing is how many people DM us on Instagram <laughs> are like, alright girls roast this brand. <laughs> Here is what I say, and it's ridiculous. Yeah, it's actually amazing. After we started that, we've mm. gotten so many requests of brands. So the nice thing is we have not had to work very hard <laughs> to find you these claims. Yep. Um, in fact, the one we're going to share with you today is by our very good friend, Cuties Cara. Um, they are they wanted us to talk about this recent product, which is a hyaluronic acid pajama set i love it (laughs) all right let's do it when searching for their next innovation (laughs) this clothing brand turned their sights to skincare bring hyaluronic acid clothing in fact a ph of five is the optimal ph of our skin this ph level will ensure proper cell turnover hydration and protective barrier have you been reading our work (laughs) It was in our DNA, literally. Is it? (laughs) A-B tested using newly advanced hydronit technology, the soft, porous, responsibly FSC verified Ecovero varicose yarn is infused. Varicose vein. Is infused with hyaluronic acid molecules. They're not done. Which delivers unimaginable comfort, but also offers your body the same beauty properties as face masks and skincare products. Oh my god. It is equivalent to 3,500 face masks for your ass and your arms and your PJs. Uh, 
I don't know where they got this number from because they, they literally said the effective content of hyaluronic acid in the fabric is equivalent to 3,500 masks after eight hours of use. And it's good for 40 washes. That's I, it. But I will say, oh, <laughs> I'm guilty of maybe not washing my pajamas enough. So maybe it will last longer for me. <laughs> Plano. <laughs> Dude, like, I, first of all, that's, I mean, I, I, I just, it's not how hyaluronic acid works. Hyaluronic acid needs water. Also, I just feel like it's it's something that if it costs the same as my highly discounted, aka free shirt style pajamas, yeah, maybe like it doesn't hurt. But at the same time, it's like a little ridiculous, like especially the equivalent to thirty five hundred face masks. Like, <laughs> also, the thing is like people forget that ingredients need water to work. Yes. So yes. basically, they want you to sleep with this pajama wet. And then you'll get your hyaluronic you, acid. Oh, I got it, I got it. You wear this PJ, you hop in the bath, <laughs> and you hop out, and you tell your significant other, you get along with the wet program, or you go sleep on the couch, because the mama needs to hydrate. <laughs> Magic. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so I... I would say this is not something I would buy. <laughs> I think years ago, I heard on the radio, because like at that time, like jeggings and all mm. things like super tight jeans are in. Yeah. And there was a brand of jeans that's like, our jeans are infused with lotion. <laughs> <laughs> and all I can think of is like, ew! ew. <laughs> yeah. It's like, well, it's scooching your coochie it is also hydrating. It I, just, like, I would love to interview men, because men have... <laughs> more complicated issue with pants tight mm -hmm. pants and just ask how do you feel about your jeans having lotion oh i feel good i feel good about it my boys need it <laughs> oh, i imagine they would say <laughs> yeah so anyways um this would be not our favorite product um very interesting but not our favorite people are back with findings or yeah this is definitely why i'm like <laughs> Yeah, so anyway. you go in the same bucket as Dr. Tabin. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's fair. That's yep. fair. Very first statement. But so thank you for the submission. If you have your favorite ERP claim, yeah. please submit it to us. Honestly, it's like all in tongue in cheek fun. Like these, we get it. It's hard to come up with innovation. Sometimes it's a little eye rolly, but I don't know. Like, some, I will say. I give a pass to brands that make me laugh. Like, these type of <laughs> I brands... I think that's fair. Yeah, like, if you think a little too highly of yourself, you're extra douchey about it, then I'm like, roll. But to, be, to be fair, this kind of comes off as slightly douchey just mm. because they're like, pH of skin is five. <laughs> like, give Gloria a rock of charcoal. Yes, yes please. Awesome. All right. So that's our break. <gasps> we are going to wrap up our meat section. Let's wrap the meat. Yeah. So this is, we just want to um, just discuss kind of application and finding your next chemical exfoliant. Um, there are so many, there are so many, um, I guess, uh, specs to think about. So um, we're going to just discuss how to approach finding your next exfoliant. Um, yeah. So we get this question a lot mm. and for us it's um we always ask about your exfoliating history so 
definitely think about products you've used in the past before. If you're starting from completely scratch, ask yourself what your skin type is. Because、mm-hmm. ultimately, at the end of the day, it's about finding the right molecule for you. Yeah. As we covered,、um, I think mandelic acid is、yeah. a pretty vanilla starting point. You'll see a parallel with cell acid. But get more. Yeah, that's the hard part.、Yes. Is you want more of mandelic acid? Yeah, actually, you know what's really interesting is that I think mandelic acid is a great beginner product, but looking for the right mandelic acid product is for the advanced shopper. Yes. Yeah. Yes, that's a good point. Um, if you want to, let's say you're like my skin isn't too sensey, it's um、mm. well tolerated in general. I will say. Go right for the glycolic. Yes. Start at a low level glycolic, but you can go right for the glycolic. Skip all these like alternatives and、yeah. just、um, maybe you can start with a toner like the Pixie Glow, which is a great concentration, but I don't like the fragrance. But that's it is、concern. strongly rose fragrance. Yeah. yeah. Um, the ordinary toner is a fan favorite and a basic position to start,、mm-hmm. and then dial up from there. Yeah. Um, I was gonna say probably one of the things to consider is what is currently in your routine、mm-hmm. that might cause you a little trouble. So like if you're already on retinoids, if you're using hydroquinone, these are all factors you can consider、yes. to choosing your active. For example, for me, like being on retinoids all my life, you know. Glycolic doesn't necessarily work for me. I'm much happier with glucolactone、yes. or mandelic acid. So, just another thing to consider to make sure your integration is seamless. Actually, that's a great point. Um, check out our article about how to combine your actives too. Like what we consider to be tier one,、yeah. tier two actives, you have to、yeah. work around.、Yeah. Um, exfoliation is great. So let's say you you have a relatively simple routine、yeah. without a lot of acne ingredients, without、yeah. a lot of um. Anti-aging ingredients like retinol,、yeah. then glycolic is a great place to start. But otherwise, as Victoria mentioned,、um, you might want to try the glucosamine first or the lactate to not interfere with other heavy-duty、um, ingredients. Right. All right, and what about pH, Gloria? <sighs> well, for me, if a brand is willing to disclose pH,、um, good sign. Good sign. In the three point five and. Under, but not too far under range is what I would target.、Mm. Anything higher than four, remember pH is on a log scale. Anything higher than four, you're really, really taking a heavy discount to efficacy. Right. So I would say that's the best range to target. Yeah, and then finally,、um, just think about your percentage.、Um, this is the one category we say focusing on percentage is nice and is should be important.、Um, Whether you're wanting to use it every night versus using it once a week, those percentages can really matter. Right. So, right. yeah,、uh, definitely want to keep that in mind. And then finally,、um, you'll probably notice as you dabble, there's a lot of、um, chemical exfoliant serums that mix a lot of actives. Um, for example, Drunk Elephant, their Fembus,、mm-hmm. um, mixes glycolic with salicylic acid, all sorts. Um, you really just want to try to. Champion one ingredient and just focus in on that one, and the rest is all nice. But if you can do your best to champion one active, I think that gives you a better cue of like how your skin does with that molecule. Yeah, I also want to actually I wanted to add a really quick line、yeah. about proprietary 
exfoliating ingredients yeah. so we briefly talked about oha but mm. there are other non-acetype ones That's true. i think one ep- episode we decoded the estee lauder product or the clinique product that has glucosamine yeah. as exfoliating ingredient yeah. uh, we know that l'oreal has a proprietary ingredient that you can find in products like skin suitables discoloration serums mm-hmm. um like happies all of these ingredients will place them a great under um your AHAs and BHAs these are proprietary ingredients where you don't necessarily really know what you're getting yourself into unless they have a clinical unless they have a clinical they're generally considered more gentle than these AHAs so if you're shopping and you see some um some product claim non-acid-based exfoliant or they claim exfoliating but doesn't have any of these like acid-based ingredients um just considering them as like the most gentle alternative possible yeah i think that's such a good point also um if you are thinking about format cream toner serum mm. i would say that cream is probably the oddest one of the bunch mm. any sort of emulsion because that means the ph is probably not going to be a little bit higher than the range that we typically want. yeah yeah um but otherwise toner gel aqueous serum those are all good general good formats um, and then finally, um, in terms of onboarding, we did want to just mention um, this is where you really need to pay attention to your skin. Mm-hmm. As you onboard these exfoliants, do you see flakiness? Mm-hmm. Do you see nothing at all? These are all telltale signs that maybe you need to bump up or bump down mm-hmm. your either frequency or concentration. So Yeah, I will say flakiness is not to be expected. Per se. Yeah. Um. Maybe light levels are okay and normal, yeah. but it's not a prerequisite. It's not a sign to say like, oh my god, my yeah. skin's flaking, therefore it's working. Exactly. You don't have to get to that point yeah. at all. If anything else, it does kind of show that your skin is almost—it's a little too dry. Yep. Um. In terms of if you don't see anything at all, that's a little harder to judge. Yeah. I would say like at least for me, because my skin is very glycolic tolerant. I will push it to a level where while I'm applying it, it stings just a hint. Not too much, just a hint. And, and that's just enough. temporary, right? And just temporary. And to that me, that's the sweet spot to hit. Got it. All right. And then to wrap it up, um, I did just want to sum up. Um, you know, I feel like we always mentioned the three fundamentals. Mm. Uh, we mentioned sunscreen, cleansing, and moisturizing. But I feel like you can argue that chemical exfoliants should be part of this group just because mm-hmm. cell turnover is such an important part of healthy skin function. Um, and then the other thing, too, is that after looking at all the data, the mm-hmm. thing that my takeaway was really that AHAs are the sidekick to your other actives. Yes. They really seem like they can do so much more in terms of acne and pigmentation, especially. Mm-hmm. So um, hopefully we're just at this point campaigning for you to make sure that a chemical exfoliant is in your skincare routine. It really, really is. And yeah. it's really funny because before I got into the industry, it was when all those like, you know, mall kiosks where people come like grab your hand, exfoliate your hand, be like, oh, so soft, so gentle. <laughs> so for me, exfoliation always had a bad rep before I got in yeah, the industry. Yeah. I always Especially thought... if you're dry. Yeah. That's not what you want to do. Yeah, it just sounds like BS. Yeah. And then it wasn't until I got in the industry, started working with like chemical exfoliating and understanding the science realizing it's an integral part to keeping your skin barrier healthy and it's actually hydrating in the long run so 
do it. <laughs> awesome. All right. So that's the meat. That's the meat. We made it. Thank God. All right. It is time to break, 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 break it up. Break, 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 break it up. Break, break, break it up. My Santa hat's crooked. <laughs> All right. All right. Cool. This time it is Gloria's turn. It is the holiday season, so <laughs> I really, really want to talk about animal that everyone cares about. <clears throat> the termite. <laughs> yes. Yes, Gloria, we care so much. We care so much. So the story goes, um, it's my turn to do the fun animal corner. So I started doing my research. My Google history is filled with stuff like most useless animal on earth <laughs> to most useful animals on earth and random things like that. And then I actually visited one of my favorite old time. Like, I've been following this account for a long time, which is Sad Animal Facts. She does these, like, doodles and cartoons mm -hmm. uh, of animals. So good. With, like, random stuff. And I saw one where I, like, I was, like, scrolling back on her feet. And I saw one that says, termites usually mate for life. But if a pair splits, they will attack each other and sometimes take off limbs. And I was like, excuse me, what? <laughs> I did not know this about termites. Me neither. I thought it was similar to ants. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I was like, and, and this is funny because we um, actually spent some time. I was really bored one day. This was a long time ago. I looked into like act socially versus actually monogamous, monogamous animals in the world. Because there was an article... Why? <laughs> Why? Because our friend Noah pointed out to yes. me that these Actually, like that could not be better. Yeah, yeah. Like um, how a lot of wedding cakes, the toppers are swans, um, because they're thought to be monogamous yes. animals yes. or dove. Fake news. But the thing with birds in general is like they may be socially monogamous, but you bet they'd be having orgy parties the minute yes. their partner leaves nest. Yep. Yep. So um, swingers. Yep. All of them. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. So then there are researchers that look into what are true monogamous animals in the mm. world. And you have stuff like prairie voles and mm. like vultures and things like that. And termites. <laughs> so I That's got... adorable. Yep. yep, yep. <laughs> I got really curious. So I lo looked into it. I googled it and I knew I hit jackpot when I saw headlines like <clears throat> domestic violence and divorce termite style homosexual termite kills king to mate with females what termite honeymoon is for mate swapping cornell biologists report <laughs> and just by these three like headlines the tabloids yeah and i'm like oh my god this is gold i have to look into it okay <clears throat> so in my research i found so termites they are monogamous and they mate for life for the most part but there's oh. a lot of drama. Oh. They don't always split up. Uh, I mean, but about 50% of them, right after they get married, the first marriage don't really work out. First marriage doesn't work? Yep, yep. Um, Divorce some, lawyers must be having a field day. Yes. So the thing you have to know about termite lifespan is uh, some species, the most common American species, can live up to 20 years Termites live up to 20 years. You might think that's like a disgusting fact that no one, no homeowner <laughs> wants to know. No, definitely not. I want to add that there is a species called the African Mound Building Termite, and the queen can live up to 60 years. <laughs> <Boo>. <laughs> I mean, I like animals and all, but boo. 
<laughs> but yeah, anyway, 50% of the initial pairing split up and it is straight up out of a cherry. So 50% of the initial pairings. So that actually holds up to humans' divorce rates as well. Wow. Yep, yep, yep. Hmm. And it's basically like a Jerry Springer episode. <laughs> this might be a very age-revealing reference, but let's go for termite Jerry, Jerry, <laughs> Jerry. Um, this is straight from article. They said, and I quote, males tend to just walk out, deserting the female and looking for a new pro- partner elsewhere. Females, though, generally stay home, inviting an extra suitor into the nest. <laughs> If the current partner was already there, so much better. <laughs> and that's where there are three per, um, termites present. The two that were of the same sex, male or female, scratched bitterly until one was thrown out. The fight being actively encouraged by the third termite. <laughs> <clears throat> and there are a lot of, because of these interesting behavior studies, there are a lot, a lot of journals dedicated to just looking at the weird things that happen in termite mating world. And again, from this um, study, they said, and I quote, but the Cornell biologist, Janice Shelman-Reeve, says she really had a laugh when she witnessed one example of an off-again, on-again romance. A male wandered off in search for a better mate, but he had no luck. No one would have him, so he returned to his original mate. <laughs> She assaulted him pretty severely <laughs> for several minutes, and then she dragged him by the abdomen into the hole of their nest. <clears throat> so, anyway, termites are very much very human-like. Very human. <laughs> if anything, humans are termites. <laughs> yep, clearly. So, anyway, I was reading all these termite articles, my my god this is better than telenovela yeah Yeah. (laughs) so Uh, fascinating stuff who knew and that's the animal corner of the day (laughs) you guys are welcome termite facts termite drama (laughs) love it so if you're looking to write your next uh tv drama Mm -hmm. we hope termites give you inspiration inspiration for your next episode (laughs) Wow, that's that's so. Good. <laughs> right? Wow, I I did not know. Here I thought they were just pests. Yeah, here they are. But they have feels. They got a lot of feels. They're yep. just trying to survive, you know, and you know, find love. I guess at this point. Yep. I still hate them. <laughs> I don't say I'm dealing with termite drama, but here you go. The ones that live for twenty plus years. I think sixty. Like- so 60 <laughs> the lifespan part really really made me go longer than cats yeah. oh my god yeah you're right oh anyway that's as long as parrots fun turn my facts brought to you by chemist confessions you're welcome <laughs> you're welcome <laughs> hey termites and termite drama <laughs> all right awesome all right we are gonna wrap this up with just a little bit of q a um first things first we've our first question is should kids only use mineral sunscreen? I think this one's a tough one. Yeah. I think mineral is generally positioned as the safer alternative, but the reality is they're all safe. Um, the chemical, the mineral, they have about the same amount of studies done. I wouldn't worry too much about it. Yeah. Um, if you're really worried, especially if your kids are very, very young, if we're talking about baby age, Definitely consult your doctor, your pediatrician to double check on the formula as a whole. But as far as some filters go, it's the same. Yeah, I would say that if you really just 
don't like what you're reading or just feel mm. have a lot of hesitations um since uh some protective clothing yes can be very yes. helpful here um so yeah we would say that mineral sunscreen is definitely not a must for children um when you read the marketing claims it's just kind of like how marketing has just kind of run with this just because mm. there isn't a lot of data i want to add that like um to what victoria said when your kids are very young sunscreen is almost the supplement for the most mm. part because they're running around let's be real they're like rubbing off weird parts of their skin yeah. it's they move so fast it's yeah. unlikely you're getting that even application throughout their bo- exposed skin part so like a good sun hat and whatnot is going to help a lot exactly all right question number two this is from at mega rossman she asks i wonder if you would consider doing a post or adjusting the trend of eye creams that temporarily shrink your eye bags and are very overpriced to a varying degree just had some guy in the mall put uh Aurarius uh, eye wow. serum on my eye bags and try to sell it to me like a used car. <laughs> I know. I have uh, experienced that as well. I feel like I met that guy too. <laughs> <laughs> I did not buy, but it was kind of impressive. Left a chalky residue though, and I see Peter Thomas Roth has a similar ice cream, eye cream. I suspect these are not very good for your skin though, and I'd be curious to learn more about them. <laughs> well, you come to learn place because I've had to do that a long, long, long time ago. <laughs> uh, yeah, we are very well versed in these products. Yeah, so um, as for not very good for your skin, um, don't worry too much about that. Um, what's really happening is you're absolutely right. It is a temporary effect. It's a um, film. It's a film, yeah. So... Back in my day, I had a project (laughs) where we had to look at films on the eye area and different molecules and polymers could create nice films and some of them would stretch and pull skin taut. Um, The awkward thing is sometimes uh, polymers stretched in the wrong direction and you got wrinkles and before you got you, more wrinkles than you started with. Before your crow's feet be like this and after your crow's feet are like this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, yeah, that's what's happening there. It is a temporary effect. Um, it's We more consider that as makeup than really skincare. It's not doing anything long term. Um, but I wouldn't worry so much in terms of safety. It's really just staying on the top of skin as a film there you go all right last question this is from one of our fans and friends uh mike watkins he just really wanted to ask you know you always hear that k-beauty or japanese beauty these are all like prestigious or better you know Mm. more premium Mm. or better ingredients so he just wants to know is there is there any is one better than the other how should we think of these categories that's a great question. Yeah. I think it's a little subjective. Yeah. Uh, when I first got into industry, I was like, oh, I don't see a difference. But now, like, I think it's a little nuanced. Um, my take is, first of all, the ingredients that they use are, generally speaking, the same. It's the ingredient library between these countries and zones are very, very similar. Yeah. They have a heavy overlap. Um, maybe there's some preferential differences, but for the most part, we have act. We all have access to the same ingredients, but where I see the difference is um, the emphasis and philosophy behind some of them. Mm-hmm. So in Asia as a whole, in general, Asian skincare routines are more layer heavy. Yeah. So you have your toners, essence, milks, creams, and sometimes they like to work all of them in a routine. I think K Beauty definitely takes it to the next next level. Yeah. Um. So what that means is. 
a lot of these um, products, to me, the, the downside is that they each product individually may not solve your skin your needs yeah but on the flip side is they are very layer friendly they're lighter they're fresher and i particularly really really i think pretty highly of japanese beauties um textures in general yes. they they really take a lot of time to go into like you know like how even like anti-aging cream you might think texture is like the last thing on people's minds but like these brands really really like think about the whole experience they do not shy away from powders and silicone yes for sure and you think that um sometimes silicone done in the wrong way can feel just pure silicone Mm -hmm. it's not very elegant but with japanese textures they are beautiful they're cushiony they just lay very luxuriously so um there's definitely an art in a way spent into just skin te- skin formulation texture yeah and to sum up my my take is if you're looking for a basic uh so you're talking about sunscreen mm. uh, a nice night cream or uh or a light hydrating serum i think k-beauty and j-beauty does it very well but where i think western beauty does a better is high levels of actives yes i think that's a great point um i was actually going to ask you because in my mind when i think about j beauty and k beauty they're really meant for more humid environments and sometimes Mm -hmm. i don't find them the most moisturizing um it works for me as an oily skin type but i would imagine that for dry skin types it maybe doesn't cut it and i was wondering if you felt that way trying these different textures so this is where i think i don't because i never worked professionally in asia so this is just my like guesses um so i can't say for sure but i think by advertising these many steps they're really smart because if you're oily you just use less steps if you're dry more Just steps more steps more formulas like, uh, more products yeah mm-hmm. exactly because yeah. like so i feel like yes a lot of our formula lighter so it's more friendly towards like really icky like a humid weather yeah. but if you're still dry then why don't have you tried this cream <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah no i totally agree i think like sunscreens like uh, asian textures in general would mm-hmm. be my go-to the problem I have is sometimes they add pigment and it's not great for oh, me. Yeah. So the beauty standard in Asia is to be very, very pale. Yeah. For reference, I am considered very tan in Asia. Yeah. This <laughs> I'm very tan in Asia. Yeah. So that's why what Victoria means like uh, when you see words like tone up or beauty, like that's sometimes they're cues to like yeah. uh slightly pigmented or um slightly yeah like brightening yeah like pigmented even tone, mm-hmm. even tone correcting type of product and it CCBBs. tends to be very 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 whitening very yeah so yeah. that's my hesitation because um as gloria said her would be considered I'm darker dark. so for me i end up looking like a mime and looking very unnatural so that's just the one word of caution there mm. but otherwise that is episode 31 Woo! Oh, oh, oh okay before we end because this is the last episode of the year victoria what are your favorite moments and least favorite moments of the year <laughs> and we did not discuss this beforehand so this is a surprise all right favorite moments of the year this was kind of anticlimactic, but finally being able to launch double play. Mm. Ugh, like having one product, new formula come out this year when it's like 
Honestly, Super these are trying times. Even to get packaging on time is hard, you know. So, mm -hmm. yeah, I would say that's a favorite moment. Um, having Gloria join our last minute panel was kind of a favorite for me because <laughs> I just feel like that's our energy is like kind of a scramble, but things somehow turn out awesome. Mm. Um, yeah, I would say those are our two main ones this year. And also... I just add having Gloria finally moved to LA. <laughs> Favorite oh. time. Well, it feels like a long time ago now. <laughs> yeah, so those would be my best. Lowest moments. Um uh, I would say inventory is probably a struggle for Solid. me. Yeah. Yeah. Um that's been really tough. Um, but I think luckily the two of us we have a logical head on your shoulders and mm -hmm. it's kind of ev everyone's actually dealing with this issue too so um we'll figure it out i don't know i don't really have like a like a very 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 bad moment i don't know yeah i agree i think all in all this year has been really good for us um Gloria's being positive. I am because it's the year end <laughs> and this old fashioned is gone and in my stomach but I think for me, the book launching was oh, really, right. really big for yeah. us. Actually, yeah. yeah. That's a winner for sure. Especially like for me, it's like. It was real. <laughs> <laughs> How many people that saw the book and they're like, oh my God, it's actually a real book. It's not a PDF. Oh yeah. My dad was like, oh, I thought you guys self-published an e-book. <laughs> it's a real book. <laughs> but no, it's it's really nice. And especially even today, we're getting, getting a slow trickle of mm. reviews, people telling us how much they yeah. love the book it's really nice um agreed finally getting a launch out yeah. i think it's just been really good for me my personal favorite moment is actually going to scc both the la and the new york one you know meeting old friends or even people we haven't met face to face but have been interacting with like charlotte and leah she tired of seeing this face this is the only face she's seen outside yeah. of her her boy. <laughs> and I have to give a shout out to Bro Potato. <laughs> yeah, who was so sweet. We saw him at LASCC mm -hmm. and knowing that he now works in the industry, and like, wow. <laughs> I hope you like it. Yeah. And I, I'm really scared that you're going to come to us in a year and be like, what did you do? I hate this industry. <laughs> but still, it's like, it's really nice to see people. Yeah. I think the other thing that's been cool is being part of college panels yes. and like yes being able to give talks to colleges because they're just bright-eyed and bushy-tailed and i don't know it's just kind of invigorating for us because sometimes like day to day doing the grind you're like wow <laughs> yeah for sure and i think uh, our latest talk was to fit and yeah. i didn't even know fit had like a segment that's more yeah. geared towards cosmetics it gives and us hope beauty industry yeah mm -hmm. and they asked some great questions yeah. and it was almost more like every time we give a talk to a college panel it's almost more like therapy for us because like we're sitting there it's a zoom talk and we'll be talking and all these kids are staring at us and we're like back in our days <laughs> let me tell you internships are hard to come by i yeah. don't know how many times i've said back in my day <laughs> linkedin was a friendlier <laughs> pace and you could actually reach hr <laughs> <laughs> yeah. These people, yeah these kids were born after 2000 are like cool <laughs> yeah, so, yeah so but yeah 
Hey, it's this year despite being really crazy. Not too shabby, Gloria. Yeah, so um, cool. thank you guys for all yeah. your support. Um, let us know what you like us to talk about in the new year. For sure. Or your aspirations for 2022. Hope you guys have a great holiday. Mm -hmm. um, if you have any burning skincare questions, you know where to find us. Email us at info at chemistconfessions.com. You can DM us at our Instagram handle, chemist.confessions. We answer all of it. It's just the two of us. Yeah. Yay. Awesome. All right, guys. We'll see y'all in 2022. Happy holidays. Bye.